You might like to turn in your Bible, if you would, to the Gospel of John and chapter 1. And as we are in at the season, this particular special season, to remind ourselves of the Lord Jesus Christ who was born in Bethlehem of Judea. And the Gospel of John is the key or the major item God puts in the whole Bible to tell you about God. He tells you in 21 chapters that you have no choice but to understand God is very God of very God. And you need to understand that. Therefore, God, you're going to help us. I am. John chapter, the Gospel of John, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now God, you are God, and the Creator, absolutely. And in the light of that, verse 14. And the Word, God, the Word was made flesh, flesh and blood, and dwelt, was tabernacled, tented among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, keeping that in mind, if you would, God's wonderful, wonderful person, and God is going to go and show his marvelous person in a most marvelous way. And you know from all these times together that God in his wonderful plan, glorifies himself. There is no other God and there is no other Savior. So God alone can be God. And since God is gloriously God, uh, then the part of his nature, essence being, I should say, is going to give expression to itself. And in God's wonderful plan and purpose that we know of, that he gives us, uh, he decided to create a man, and the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. And God the Son determined in the light of God the Father and God the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, uh, to go and die on the cross. Now, so therefore, what's the centerpiece? We share that, the whole purpose of all of creation that we know of, including angels, is the wonderful person of God going to the cross and dying. That's the whole, that's reason for everything. And now, in the light of that, in the light of that, we call that the incarnation, verse 14, the Word became flesh. God, a son is given, Isaiah 9, 6. A son is given, a child is born. Now, so God, God, what did you do? Well, not a birth. We have birth. or We were all born physically. He was not. Not that way. No, God put on flesh and blood. A body, Hebrews 10, has thou prepared for me. Now, God, you but did what? I went and determined to put on not an angelic body. No, I put on a human body. And that's what I did. And it's the most wonderful thing. I became, I took on a 
flesh and blood, a body, just like we have, uh, and a human nature, a total human body, soul, and spirit. And I took that upon myself and united it in a most wonderful way. Now, God, you did all of that in an awesome way, and you did that. Now, in doing that, what did you do? You went and did something to honor yourself. Who can be honored more than you? By whom? By no one. Only God can honor God in the fullness. And angels, as we shared, and us humans in particular, are given an awesome privilege of honoring God. Now, having said that a little bit in mind, and God, we're the creation of God. God created us in his image and likeness. And without God, like we shared Sunday, without God, you'll never enjoy what it is to be created in his image and likeness. You can't possibly understand being such an awesome critter unless you understand God has made you to be an awesome critter. God made you to be that, but it requires God to do so. Hang on. Now, having said that, therefore, God, what did you do? We needed, because of Adam's sin, which you already knew, that's why the Lamb of God is slain before anyone's created, because you already knew all these things. And so Romans chapter 6. And Romans in chapter 6, if I can. And you would recall uh, in the in the book of Romans and in chapter 6, moving right down directly in the light of the context. Verse 23. For the wages of sin in Adam's fall, we sinneth all. In uh, Adam sinned and we all joined and were born with the same sin nature. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. Now that word gift is different, another word for gift, but this word gift has to do with God's wonderful grace. And has it's a, it's a gift, a gift, a graced gift, a grace, free, free gift, free gift, free gift. And it's related directly, it comes out of the same box, out of the same plant, as the word grace does, grace, grace, Grace gift, grace, the gift of grace, the marvelous gift of grace, God giving himself in an awesome way. Now, and that's what the word means. So, now God, what did you do? We were in a state of death. We needed to have a relationship to you. And God, how are we going to get it? You're going to have to provide it. That's why Christ is going to die on the cross. So therefore, therefore, as we look to God, God, you're going to go and pay the price, and you're going to give us, provide for us by your resurrection life. Wonderful, wonderful life. And so in our dying, you, so that you pay the price, and we're able, you're able to give us life and forgive us, and uh, you do that by your resurrection from the dead, rising again to give us that which we don't have. 
or relationship to you by way of your death. Now, having said that and keeping that in mind, so God, your gift, the gift of God, the gift of God, the grace of God, the gift of God, the giver, the giver is in the gift. God wrapped the gift in him in perfect humanity. He wrapped the gift in a body just like you and I have. He did that without sin. And he did that not only for body, but Mary, born, conceived by the Spirit of God, born of human nature, body, soul, and spirit. He did that. God incarnate. He put on himself, he put himself in a package. The package is Jesus Christ our Lord. And what is in the package? What is in the gift? And I was looking to try to give you somebody a little gift so you could see it. If I gave you a gift, make believe, and I gave you a gift, and you have a gift, and you open it, whatever, and I'm back here, and you take the gift and, and have my whatever it is, and fine. God, you didn't do that, no. You are the gift in the package. God gave himself in a package. And the gift of God for you and me, Christmas, is God himself. Do you understand? You need that. It's God himself. He has given you himself. He's the gift. Christmas is reminding ourselves God has given us a gift in himself, for himself, for his honor, and for his glory. Now, having said that little bit, and keeping that in mind, and, and in the light of the time and all that, uh, I could go one direction I'd like to go in, but that doesn't allow it. So uh, maybe I'll do that if the Lord tarries and we live that long on Sunday. Now, in order to capitalize on that, over, if you would please, O to... Oh, to Psalm 73. Now, what, what I want you to look at at this particular point, since it's Christmas Day and all of that, uh, is to think of, uh, in the Christmas, you say, well, uh, what, what did you wish for? Is that all right? Uh, you went under and whatever happened, it doesn't matter, really, because Christmas isn't about that. But if you there and say, did I get what I wish for? Uh, did I get what I want? Did I get what I want? Did I get what I need? I don't mean to make your Christmas sad. I'm just trying to, did I get what I need? What do you actually have? Therefore, aren't those good questions? It's Christmas. And I want you just to think about it for a sec in the light of the fact that God gave himself. That's what it's about. He's the gift. So you're trying to find gifts, gifts, gifts. The gift of love, the gift of love. No, love is God. God gives you love. 
in himself. That's how God loves you. He gives you his love. That's what he does. He gives you himself. In how many ways? God gives himself, all of himself, in his wonderful, eternal, infinite, invisible being. All of himself. You cannot have, well, I don't want to get sidetracked so easy. I don't, if, Revelation 4, God has given every one of you Christ according, God has given you grace according to the measure, how much, of the gift of Christ. You wonder how much you got? Look at Jesus Christ. God has given you himself in Christ Jesus. If I could just pound that into my little head and yours, we'd be so much different. That's what God's done for us. Now, so therefore, over in Psalm 73, just taking a little exercise biblically and thinking about, thinking about the wonderful fact of uh, what, what do, do you wish? What am I wishing? So here we are in wishing, and everyone's, everyone got uh, uh, five other people got what I wished I had. So, so we're looking. So here's Psalm 73, and here's, here's a gentleman, that believer, that was wishing. And verse 1, Psalm 73, 1, Truly God is good uh, to Israel, even as such as are of a clean heart. But, but, as for me... Everyone else got something, but I didn't get what I wished for, what it was doing. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, and my steps had well nigh slipped. I was just out of place. Verse 7, their eyes, speaking of them, their eyes stand out with, with fatness. Uh, they have more than heart could wish. I'm looking at the world around me. And boy, the world around me seems to have so much more and so different. That is, and it is. No question about it. Now, so you're wishing. I am. You're wishing, you're wishing, you're wishing. Now, what did you have to do? I'm, we're looking to, oh, I wish this, I wish that. Well, you have to stop. And remember now, whatever you do, you have to understand whatever anyone, where anyone is, they have lived through in their life, however old they are, they have lived through all the years of their life in a given set of circumstances, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, for how old they are. And they have lived that kind of, they went to that kind of job, that kind of background, that kind of diet. That's what they live with. So when you begin to envy and once wish, we wish, we wish, you have to remember what they have. In order for you to want what they have, you would have to stand in their shoes and live their life. You understand? Well, I don't want to do that. Then you can't have that because that's what they went through. That's what they've got through, and that's how they have grown and developed good or bad, right or wrong. That's how they grow up. Now, so therefore, what are we going to do? And verse 16, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me uh, until I went into the sanctuary of God and I understood their end. What's the sense if they have whatever? 
if you have the whole world. If you had everything in the world, I had nothing. What difference does it make? You have to lose it all. Everything, start to finish, the breath you breathe, the air, the planet, the food you eat, belongs to God. The whole business is God's. He's the creator. Period. And everyone, no matter how you cut the cookie, no matter how you want to go, you have to answer to God. Now, so therefore, sliding down, psalmist, what do you tell us? Verse 22, so foolish was I when I thought about it, and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou holdest, thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me, receive me to glory. And now, what is the most wonderful thing you have discovered? Whom, verse 25, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. And when it was all done, God gave you the greatest gift of all, himself. That's what he did. And you discover it. If you and I were to go home tonight, if you're saved, boom, that's what you're going to discover. It isn't about anything. It's about the awesome thing that God gave you the privilege and the opportunity to know him in such a way. To know him. Not to know about gifts and business and pleasure and pain. No, to know him. Now, having said that little bit, therefore, uh, what do you wish? God, I have to be careful in what I wish. What, what do I want? What do I want? Over to Philippians. And Philippians in chapter 4. And you will note, please, what do I want? I want this, I want that. Okay. If I can, chapter 4, Philippians, picking up, please, uh, in verse 11. Paul telling us, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state, whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content, satisfied. I know both how to be abased, go down low and be humbled. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to be able to have a lot, abound, and to suffer need and be missing a whole lot of things. What did I learn? Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. How did you learn that? By wanting. I wanted this, I wanted that. That's what I wanted. And, and God, that's how I learned. What I did, what everything we want, you can't have all we want. You can't have all you want. You can't have all you wish. And you can't do that. You know, if you read, you don't have to turn there, Psalm 23, verse 1. You, you can all quote it, perhaps. The Lord is my what? The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not what? Want. I shall not want. What do I want? I shall not want. 
Why is that? He leadeth me, etc., etc., etc. Oh God, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. But God, Paul, how did you get through that? I had to go through wanting a whole lot and learning that you don't have to have everything you want and everything you wish for. It isn't an issue. The issue is to grow and to understand God is given you himself. And God is enough, period. If you know nothing else, there's God in front of you and behind you, to the right and to the left. There he is. If you know nothing, have nothing. Falling off a cliff, as you fall down, if you can keep it in mind, falling down off the cliff, God, what a wonderful thing it is, you know, before you hit the cement. Wow. God. So now, now one other place where you're thinking of wanting, over to James. And in James chapter 1, James chapter 1, and you are familiar with it, verse 2. James 1, 2, in the light of the context. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers, various kinds of testings, provings, provings, trials, and etc. Knowing, knowing what? That the trying, the putting to the proof of your faith, the, you're gonna, you say you trust God, then let's see you trust God. And therefore you have to go through eating and drinking 24 hours a day and to find out is God's gift sufficient? Is it enough? Verse 4, but let patience, bearing up under the load, think of carrying a load, and you keep on carrying it, you don't drop it, uh, to the finish line. But let patience have her perfect, complete work. What for? That you may be perfect. Uh-huh. Perfect. Uh-huh. And entire. Complete. And then you have the little, little phrase, wanting nothing. You don't need anything. I've learned to be content. But look at all they have. Look at all you didn't get. It isn't a question of that. I'm learning to be content. How do you learn to be content? It's by not having everything all the time and often lacking things you wish you had, that you're learning to be content. If God wanted you to be able to jump over, uh, jump over the wall, then God will have you jump over the wall. But if God doesn't want you to jump over the wall, uh, then you don't have to jump. You don't have to jump. And if you try to jump, you won't do very well. So now God is perfect. Wanting nothing, wanting nothing. So God now, what, in the light of that, we don't want to, uh, what do we wish for? What do we want? Well, what do we need, God? What do we need? Well, we have all kinds of needs, God. We need this, we need that. Mm, we do. Matthew chapter 6. Easiest place. Matthew in chapter 6. And picking up in thought, verse 7, Matthew 6, 7, in the light of the context, verse 7. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen, the Gentiles do, do, 
uh, for. They think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. If you just say a lot, yell a lot, make a lot of noise, they'll think you'll be, they'll be heard. Verse 8. Uh, be not ye therefore like unto them. Don't try to follow them. Why? For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. What you need, use. God knows what you need, use. God knows that. So there's no sense in trying, trying to say, well, if I, if I need it, I should have it. Chapter 6 and verse 24. Now, no man can serve two masters, but either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and what you're trusting in, etc. Therefore, 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 sliding down all the way down if I can to verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought. Don't worry. Don't have a divided mind. Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Why? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. That's, they've got to survive. You've got to compete, survive, overcome. Aha! Uh-huh. Verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. So there's no question. When you say, God, I have a need, and, and uh, you would have to say, as all of us probably would, I have a need, I have no idea of my need. I think I need, but I have no idea what I really need. I may need the very thing that's happening, and my need isn't being met. My need isn't being met, and that's what God wants me to get, to learn a lesson so I can be content in whatever state I'm in. Now God, so here we are looking. God, you know all these things. I do. Therefore, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And therefore, verse 34, take no thought, anxious, divided mind for tomorrow, but tomorrow shall take thought and be enough to worry about when you get there. For the things of itself for the things of itself. Sufficient enough for the day is the evil, the trouble, the anxiety that you have. It's enough for you to live just today. Don't try to take on tomorrow's load till you get there. It'll be too much. Just carry what you have. Remember we read in James, God bearing up under patience, bearing up under load. We don't want to carry a load that doesn't exist yet. And we don't want to carry a load that we've given to God. We just want to carry what we're in. What, what's happening, that's what I've got to do. Look to God. Now, having said that a little bit, Hebrews chapter 4. And in Hebrews chapter 4, picking up the thought, you would note... Uh, in verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Remember, God gives us the gift 
of grace, the gift of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, what for? That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. What are you going to find? I need this. God said, what you need is my mercy for your miserable state and my grace for your guilt. You need my mercy and grace. But God, no, that's what you need. The rest of it, what do you know? I'll take care of your need. I told you that. But I want you to know when you're looking to me, that's what I'm going to do. But in the meanwhile, I'm taking care of everything else around you. (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) I don't even understand what's around me. Here comes the bacteria floating through the air. It's the uh, green plague. And it comes floating through the air. Here it is. You can't see it, can you? No, there it is. I can't kill it. Here it comes. But God sees it. And it's going to go nowhere till God wants it to. Wow. Now, God, so here's our, we're wishing, and we're wanting, and we're needing God. There we are. Now, God, what else? Well, the question is, God, what did you have? What do you have, actually? What do you have? Well, God, looking at that and thinking about that, what I have and don't have, I want to go back to Israel just in the later time, Deuteronomy and chapter 6. Deuteronomy and chapter 6. And Israel will give us a lesson and help. Deuteronomy and chapter 6. Picking up, please, in thought. Oh, chapter 6, verse 10. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, uh, which thou buildest not. In other words, they're going to inherit all the wonderful everything that was there. Verse 11. But the house, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells dug, which you never dug, which you have dig, dig not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, uh, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Man, God, wonderful. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear, verse 13, the Lord thy God, and serve him, and thou shalt swear by his name. Now don't, what's the problem? God, everything's going good. I'm not feeling, I'm not, I don't have a lot of pain. Uh, I, I got my paycheck. I did this, I did this, I have that. I feel pretty good. I'm going to go, go to bed, start again. And uh, I am moving forward, moving forward, God. And everything seems enough. But I forget, God. It isn't very long, but I have enough, and I'm happy. I have enough. My my diet and my body is satisfied. 
I'm satisfied, I'm tired, I get some sleep, I'm satisfied, I'm hungry, I get some food, I'm okay, I have wanted some fun, and I have some fun, I do all of those things, God, and I'm satisfied. The trouble is, God, all of that was that without you, I forgot you. And I forgot the food that I eat, the fun that I have, and all that I have. It's because of your grace and your mercy. I forgot all about it, God. I just forgot you. That's why we have communion. Do this in what? In remembrance of me. Now, God, here we are looking in the light of this. And, uh, God, you're going to go. And how much? How much? I want another, another place that will help you. Um, John, Gospel of John. You remember all these things we did, John chapter 10. And in John chapter 10, you would recall uh, how much do I have on what I do have, what I do have. And the Israel had all those things, they just forgot God and having them. Now think of all the things that you have, that you have. You, You have a measure of health. Now, all of us could, some of you, different kinds of conditions and times and seasons for things, and you have them. But you have a measure of health, and you're thankful, aren't you? And then, the easiest way to recall that and for all of us is remember the little saying we've said a thousand times. I complained because I had no shoes, and I met a man who had no feet. And all of a sudden... My shoes are immaterial. I met a man who had no feet. I learned something. Wow. Oh, God, God, you do that. Uh Uh-huh, verse 9. I am the door by me, John 10, 9. If any man, any man come in through the door, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I am the door by me. If any man enter, he should be saved. Now, that's awesome to be saved, but that's just the beginning. And we've shared that to remind ourselves. Getting, knowing, coming to know the Lord as your Savior is the taking you from a state of death, the absence of God, to a state of life, a relationship to God. And that happens instantly, the minute you're saved. It isn't a ticket to heaven. It isn't about heaven tomorrow. It's about that right now. To go from death to life by believing and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the gift of God to give us eternal life. That's the gift. What is the gift? Eternal life. Where is eternal life? In God. It's God's uncreated life. Wow. I'm going to have God, a relationship to God that lasts how long? Forever. Wow. Now, God, so you win and out, verse 9, and find pasture. So when you get saved, it's the beginning. And you're supposed to go through the door into the pasture, like in Psalm 23. Into the pasture with the still waters and the paths of righteousness. And in the still waters and the paths of righteousness is God's wonderful, wonderful outworking to have you grow and know. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of deep darkness, 
What? Thou art with me. I will fear no evil. Why? Because it's that's the pasture. God, you saved me to be able to develop and grow in a most awesome, wonderful way, God. Thank you. So when you get saved, say I'm saved and walk out. No, you didn't understand. And you are not sure you're saved. To save is the beginning of your life. That's the life you roll up your sleeves. And you go and say, Though I, what, I, what do I want and what do I wish and what do I need? And what do I have? Ah, God, it's you. Always you. When everything's done and everything's said, there you are. You're the gift. You're the creator. You're the only God and only Savior. We, that's why you, we just did it recently to remind ourselves in Christmas. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jehovah God saves. Now, Emmanuel, God, God said, I'm with you. What did you save me for? To be with me. To be with me in a most wonderful way. Over, if you wouldn't, in closing, over to John. I'm, excuse me, you're in John. So if you don't go to that John, then go to 1 John. In 1 John. And in chapter 3. Now God, you've given us, uh, you, we don't have to do it, you just went through it. No, God, what? You've given us everything that we need to grow and develop. That's the whole point. Isn't that the point of a little child? It, weren't you all little children? Most of you? You were. What'd you do? Uh, you, you had to grow up, didn't you? You couldn't all be the smart, uh, big adults that you are. You had to be little. And you have to struggle through. And your parents, if they hang in there, and you hang in there and survive uh, the, everything, and you survive and grow. But you couldn't grow if you didn't go through that. I know the world's trying to do that. They want to have you at, at eight years old become equal to an adult in everything else. <laughs> and you have no time to grow up. <laughs> no time to develop. <laughs> wow. Now, so here we are looking, God. So here we are. Now, chapter 3, 1 John, verse 1. Beloved, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Where it's sons, child, child of God, sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Now, so A, verse 1. What, should we, what manner of love? Now, God, you love us. Uh-huh, oh, you love us. I do. Now, what kind of strange love that God, that you love us? And remember, loves, don't use our understanding you better get to God. You want to understand what love is. Otherwise, you'll miss out. When you say God loves you, you're thinking of your understanding of love, and you'll lose out. It's God's understanding of love, not yours. It's what God means when he says love. That's very, very, very important. Now, so therefore, verse 2, Beloved, those that are loved, loved of God, beloved, now, now, in O.W., 
Are we the sons, the children of God? And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall know him as he is. God, we're going to be like you. Uh That's what it's all about. All about. Verse 3. And every man that hath this hope, expectancy, anticipation, inside, I'm living, 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 well, I'm going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Now, where did I get that? Well, because God saved me, and God is, my, is the gift. God gave me a gift. What is the gift? Eternal life. What is the gift? Eternal life. Oh, well, more, more than that, no. No, God loved me. He gave himself eternal life, and it's all in him. God gave me himself. Let's say it that way. God gave you himself. Wow. That's Christmas. God gave you himself. Wow. Now, having said that a little bit, and keeping that in mind, if you would, now, in the, and end, verse five, 3 again, uh, and every man that hath this hope, expectancy in him, purifieth himself, even as he is pure, impure. So God, how are we going to overcome the wishing, wanting, needing, having? Am I going to look to you, God? Because we have it all. Where is it? In you. In you. It isn't in me. It isn't in anyone else. It isn't in anything. It isn't in any event. It's in you. So our whole life is you. That's right. Absent from the body, present with you. Now, God, that's our hope. So, look, we're looking for your touch to change. In the process, you're doing a, a process in us, on us, and for us to be changed, to grow up, to develop what? An appreciation and an understanding of who you are. Remember Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven, God, but you? It isn't angels. It isn't streets of gold. It isn't forever in glory. No, it's just you, God. And when you look at everything else, what are you going to do? You're going to, if you're saved, you're going to go and enjoy whom? You're going to enjoy God forever. Everything going on, but you're going to enjoy. Everything going on because God. And you know, without turning their thought on 1 Corinthians 15 and 28 and that. Lord, what are you going to do when you give, turn around and present to the Father? Everything is in order. Everything is in order. The great white throne judgment, everything is in order. And there you're going to do it and you're going to give it. And, and you make a statement. What is the statement? That you that God the Father may be all in all. That there's nowhere, anywhere, in the middle of God's infinite person that God is not recognized and honored. God became incarnate, and God gave us a gift, and the gift is wrapped in his wonderful flesh and blood, in his human nature, And God presented himself to us and for us. The gift of God, eternal life. Wow. Christmas. Wow. So, we'll pray. Our Father in God, we look to you to deal with our heads and our hearts, our homes, our health, and our wealth. 
And our God, we thank you very, very much. Encourage the heart of each one. Stimulate, stir. God bless them. God, that's what Christmas. Christmas is you. It's all about you. It isn't about our work. It isn't about our health. It isn't about our love life or our family life or our work life or any other kind of life. It's about your life. So thank you very, very much. God, help us to get there more and more to appreciate, to rightly appropriate your wonderful benefits. That is, to enjoy you being our God and Savior. And our God, we thank you very, very much. In Christ's name, amen.